Welcome to episode 183 of the Truth Quest podcast, the truth about liberals, atheists, and happiness. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as decentralization, Anthony Fauci, the injunctions against vaccine mandates, Australia's approach to COVID, or stagflation comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating. Hit the like button or leave a positive review. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Pew Research has been surveying people about happiness for decades. Generally speaking, they have found that married people are happier than unmarried. People who worship frequently are happier than those that don't. Rich people are happier than poor people. Whites and Hispanics are happier than blacks. Sunbelt residents are happier than those that live in the rest of the country. They also found some interesting non-correlations, such as people who have children are not necessarily happier than those who don't. Retirees are no happier than workers, and pet owners are no happier than those without pets. One thing that has been consistently found in these surveys is Republicans are happier than Democrats, and conservative Republicans are happier than conservative Democrats, and moderate to liberal Republicans are happier than moderate to liberal Democrats. A study published in 2012 in the Journal of Research in Personality explained the important specifics of greater happiness and meaning among conservatives. Quote, In four studies, conservatives expressed greater personal agency, i.e. personal control, personal responsibility for their own lives rather than blaming others. They had a more positive outlook, i.e. optimism and self-worth. They had more transient moral beliefs, i.e. greater religiosity, greater moral clarity and a generalized belief in fairness. These differences seem to account for the happiness gap. One research argued that there is a reality gap as well. Liberals are less capable to deal with it than conservatives, specifically understanding that life ain't fair. I know what I'm about to say is not very nice, but picture your favorite four-year-old, one of your own kids, a niece, a nephew, grandkid, or neighbor's kids. Picture the four-year-old being told no. It can be about anything. What do they do when they are outraged by the declination. They start screaming, that's not fair. Well, that's how I picture liberals depicted in these studies. They have difficulties accepting reality. They seem to have a hard time admitting or understanding that something or someone greater and more powerful than them is in charge of the universe. Their inability to accept reality manifests itself in their desire to affect change. They go on crusades to right all perceived wrongs. They are unwilling or unable to deal with inequality. Some people have more money than others, more prestige. Some people are better looking than others. Some are faster or smarter, have a better job, a nicer house or car. They've never internalized the Tenth Commandment, Thou shalt not covet. Liberals need someone, usually the government since they are the ones with the monopoly on violence, to implement their desired change. 
Do you accept reality or do you seek to tear down those who you perceive as better? The former is a healthy response. The latter is not. It's what I called politically induced mental illness. Rage at the world. When you zoom out, you realize the problem lies in liberals' focus, which tends to be inward rather than outward. This will be a recurring theme throughout the episode. If something goes wrong in a liberal's world, generally speaking, their immediate reaction is to ask, who is to blame? You see this in the rhetoric of liberal politicians all the time. They point fingers at the latest boogeyman and then turn the finger back to them and say, I am the solution, or government is the solution. On the other hand, conservatives, again, generally speaking, see something go wrong in life and their immediate reaction is, what did I do wrong? Or what could I have done differently? They have an outward focus. As I mentioned, Pew Research has found that people who attend religious services weekly or more are happier than those who attend monthly or less or seldom or never. Regular church attenders are nearly twice as likely to say that they are very happy than those who seldom or never attend. And this is consistently well-founded in a vast body of literature. So the author of the article I was getting some of this information from put it this way. So church-going Republican conservatives are just some of the happiest, most contented people around. This makes sense to me because human nature is human nature. Humans have an innate desire to search for meaning in life, for something bigger than themselves. They have an outward focus, naturally. For some, maybe a slight majority of us, we find it in religion, in God. Much like her not-so-distant cousin communism and socialism, Liberalism has no room for a creator of the universe, maker of rules and morality and sexuality. Much like their kindred spirit cousins, the atheists, they reject this line of thinking or worship. Therein lies the issue of happiness for many of our liberal and atheist brethren. They are incapable of happiness as a matter of course. Their worldview denies them the ability to feel happiness because, in the liberal's mind, there is always an injustice or an inequity that must be blamed on someone, not them. And whoever that someone is, they must spend some of their energy vilifying and denigrating. Then they spend their existence in this vicious cycle of problems, blame, and anguish. Rinse, repeat. You see the similar approach from atheists. Have you noticed that Again, generally speaking, atheists, at least the prominent vocal ones who write books and publish videos and participate in debates with Christian apologetics, have you noticed that they tend to be angry? They are always on the attack of the religious. They are dismissive and intolerant. In a word, they are unhappy. I think this behavior can be explained by the fact that both the liberal and atheist worldviews are so easily refuted that it causes angst among them. More on that in a minute. Regardless of who we are talking about here, you will always see this inward focus rather than outward, which is why you hear nonsense from these people like my truth, or that may be true for you, but this is the reason I named this podcast the Truth Quest Podcast, because there are not shades of truth. There is just truth, and for those who deny that, it just seems foolish and counterproductive to me. Back to the point, self-professed conservatives, generally speaking, are more likely than self-professed liberals to be God-fearing people, meaning we believe in God, the Creator. Whether you are Jewish, Christian, or Muslim, 
we share a belief in a greater power than ourselves and our insignificant political landscape. We spend our time enjoying the life we have been granted, smelling the roses, so to speak, rather than dwelling on all the flaws in society. See, these God-fearing people understand that this world is deeply flawed, full of sin, decay, and plenty of evil. This fact is lost on liberals and atheists, the latter of whom think they need government to do something, and the former who rages against a supposedly non-existent God who allows the sin, decay, and evil. Given that humans have an innate desire for search for meaning in life, for something bigger than themselves, if not religion or God, what fills the gap? Idols, of course. For those of you who have read the Bible, you know that God does not take too kindly to idolatry. He crushed it over and over again in the Old Testament. What little g-gods fill the void for our unhappy liberal and atheist friends? Well, there are plenty to choose from. There are causes that are very popular, whether it be George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, the environment, abortion. Another favorite little g-god is the deification of politicians and celebrities. The latest manifestation of that is, as I record this, Anthony Fauci the subject of episode 179, if you're interested. Another little g-god that are favored and by our unhappy non-religious brothers and sisters include a particular political party as demonstrated in their unwillingness to chastise anyone or anything coming out of the mouths of prominent Democrats. COVID compliance has become a little g-god over the last two years, as liberals and Democrats may as well cast the unvaxxed and anyone who offers anything counter to the prevailing narrative as blasphemers and heretics. Government itself has become a little g-god for many. You must comply with the government's edicts, but ignore gods. Then you have the laundry list of woke little g-gods. Diversity, equity, social justice, solving for white privilege, January 6, Russia collusion, defund the police, puberty blockers for teens and preteens without parental consent, men competing in women's sports and using women's locker rooms and bathrooms. And of course, for the entire course of human history, we've had little g-gods such as money, power, status, and pleasure. A massive study published by Social, Psychological, and Personality Science involving five different data samples from 16 Western countries spanning more than 40 years adds more meat to this topic. These scholars from the University of Southern California found, as they put it, quote, in some, conservatives reported greater meaning in life and greater life satisfaction than liberals, end quote. Not only do they find greater meaning in life across their lives, but also in their daily life. The researchers concluded these findings to be, quote, robust, and that there is some unique aspect of political conservatism that provides people with meaning and purpose in life. We've already seen that, generally speaking, religious people are happier than their non-religious friends. Another standard measurement of happiness is marital status. Studies show that married people are happier than unmarried, generally speaking. Guess what? Married rates are higher among conservatives. Conservatives are also vastly more likely than liberals to believe marriage is essential in creating and maintaining strong families. Related to this topic, other studies demonstrate that married people report happier sex lives than the unmarried. Good sex equals happy people. 
bad sex or sex with a bunch of different people or no sex does not. Just saying. Conservative or religious people give more of their time and money away to others than do liberal-leaning non-religious folks because, again, it comes down to where the focus is, inward or outward. Conservative Republicans are consistently more generous than their Democrat neighbors. This is true among all income levels, including the wealthiest. Republican millionaires give more of their money away to the needy than Democrat millionaires. Conservatives also donate more of their time volunteering for charitable causes. You know why? Because conservative-leaning, God-fearing people know something that our liberal-leaning friends have no idea how to internalize. That being everything you have, your money, your possessions, your talents, your physical and mental abilities, they are, as the late Rush Limbaugh was fond of saying, on loan from God. We are fiduciaries. We are caretakers of what God has given us. Therefore, giving part of it away is natural and actually expected. The inward focus of our liberal-leaning friends do not allow them to see this. What is theirs is theirs. They earned it. They worked for it. All true, but their lack of ability to have an outward focus is at the heart of this happiness gap that we are discussing in this episode. As New York Times columnist Nicholas Krutoff put it, Quote, liberals show tremendous compassion in pushing for generous government spending to help the neediest people at home and abroad. Yet when it comes to individual contributions to charitable causes, liberals are cheapskates, end quote. The same liberals are for doling out other people's money to other people, government goodies to all manner of disenfranchised groups, but ask them to dip in their own pocket and you get crickets. Go back and research some of the recent candidates for president. Look at the charitable giving that is disclosed in the, with their taxes. Compare the Republican candidates over time versus the Democrats. Start with Clinton and Dole. Work your way through Bush, Gore, Kerry, Obama, Romney, McCain, Trump, Clinton, and Biden. Oh, and if you really want to have some fun, look up Bernie Sanders' charitable giving when he was running for the nomination in 2016. He's just another elected con artist. We are constantly told that liberals stand for tolerance, magnanimity, community, community spirit, and the defense of the weak against the powerful. But actions speak louder than words, and as we can see in longtime-run Democrat cities around the country, like Baltimore, Oakland, Detroit, East St. Louis, and Philadelphia, Democrat political leadership typically equates to generational poverty and high crime. So not only are liberals less happy in their own lives, but in places where they have been in charge for years and decades, they make the lives of their constituents less happy, apparently by design. It's sick and twisted. Life is hard. Most would agree, liberals or conservatives, doesn't matter. Conservatives accept that fact, but liberals have utopian dreams. Dennis Prager put it this way, quote, Utopians will always be less happy than those who know that suffering is inherent to human existence. The utopian compares America to utopia and finds it terribly wanting. The conservative compares America to every other civilization that has ever existed and walks around wondering how he got so lucky to be born or naturalized an American, end quote. It's kind of like the left's incessant bashing of capitalism and advocating for socialism. Socialism is a utopian dream. It never works for the majority of people, but you hear idiots like Bernie Sanders say shit like, well, it's never been done properly. Conservatives, on the other hand, would say something like, I'm not married to capitalism, but it's the best economic system ever designed by man. It ain't perfect, but it's the best option we have right now. 
If you come up with a better one, I'll be down with it. Liberals just bash it in favor of utopia. Who is more likely to be directed by their feelings, liberals or conservatives? The next time you have a conversation with a liberal-leaning person or are watching talking heads argue about the latest public policy prescription, notice who uses phrases like, I feel like, or that makes me feel. Being guided by your feelings is a recipe for anger and disgust and unhappiness. However, being guided by values and principles has the opposite effect. For me, national politics is simple because I'm guided by principles. I have certain guideposts that direct my thinking about public policy prescriptions. The most important guidepost is God or the Bible, followed by the Constitution. This approach makes analysis super simple. When I see lies, propaganda, and character assassination, I know God would not approve. When I see federal policy prescriptions in which that particular power was not granted to the federal government in the Constitution, I know the Founding Fathers would not approve. See? No feelings, no nuance, no room for my truth. Ultimately, this whole discussion about levels of happiness based on political leanings comes down to liberals and atheists know, in their heart, that their worldview is dramatically flawed. They cannot defend their positions on its merits, but for some reason, they are not driven by a quest for truth, nor are they principle-driven. This is another clue that explains their relatively high level of unhappiness. It's frustrating to hear your worldview torn down in a measured, logical manner. I encourage you to scroll through the list of episode titles of the podcast. Just whatever platform you're in right now, just scroll down. Imagine the reaction of a liberal-leaning person to titles that tell the truth about minimum wage, abortion, the Democrat Party, climate change, socialized medicine, socialism, Trump derangement syndrome, the gender pay gap, mass shootings, hate speech, capitalism, Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Officer Derek Chauvin, the Biden crime family, election integrity laws, COVID, the vaccine, the vaccine mandates, the unvaxxed, ivermectin, and Anthony Fauci. These are either all sacred cows, remember the discussion on idolatry, or they are things that the left hates or believes the worst about. Speaking of hate, what kind of person hates, like has hate in their heart? Considering the topic of this episode, would you say people with a hateful heart tend to be happy or cheerful? This is another common characteristic of atheists and left-leaning folks that you typically do not see in their conservative brethren. I know I talk a whole lot of shit about the left. I point out flaws in their policy prescriptions and their character all the time. But I don't hate. I don't hate Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden. I hate their ideas, and I challenge them, hopefully in a measured, logical manner, with a little sarcasm sprinkled in. Many of you know of Dan Bongino, or have heard of him. He's a very successful podcaster, radio host, and he has a Fox News show on Saturday nights. Well, he has this rule that is highly relevant to this conversation. This rule he applies to the majority of liberals. He states, Liberals believe conservatives are bad people with ideas, whereas conservatives view liberals as people with bad ideas. Do you see how this works? When your religion is politics, or one of the host of things I mentioned earlier, the little g gods, you view your ideological foes as bad people. Therefore, they are not worthy of even being listened to. You can dismiss them without a debate and maintain your moral superiority despite the fact that you refuse to discuss or have a conversation with them. As much as I hate to say it, these people are intellectual midgets and cowards. A lot of these people suffer from the mass psychosis that I discussed in episode 180. 
What is the likely outcome from unhappiness, pent-up anger, hate, and discontent? What do you think when people advocate for policies who, whose consequences are clearly going to be harmful, dangerous, and or detrimental, or when you see crazy liberal talking heads spewing nonsense or assassinating the character of a political foe? I have often thought that the likely outcome would be some form of mental illness. Thus, episode 136, The Truth About Politically Induced Mental Illness. I recently came across the results of a survey from a 2020 Pew poll that seems to validate my theory. This poll indicates that white liberals disproportionately suffer from mental illness versus their conservative counterparts. The study which examines white liberals, moderates, and conservatives, both male and female, found that conservatives were far less likely to be diagnosed with mental health issues than those who identify as either liberal or even very liberal. Guess which group suffered the worst? White women aged 18 to 29 who identified as liberal were given a mental health diagnosis from medical professionals at a rate of 56% as compared to 28% in moderates and 27% in conservatives. More precisely, Young white women who describe themselves as very liberal report being diagnosed with mental health condition the most of any group. What can we conclude from that? Does the topic of this episode about happiness have anything to do with it? I mean, if you are left-leaning to begin with, and you marinate in the hate fest known as the alphabet soup conspiracy media for years, what do you expect to happen? Or you've had crazy liberal communist teachers and college professors filling your head with nonsense. What can happen? You will walk away angry at the world and hating those who think differently than you. The hate fest marinade is a recipe for mental illness. Trouble sleeping, despair over the future, depression, anxiety, nervousness. You know why? Because God did not make us to walk around angry, resentful, and full of rage and envy. We were designed like Him to love. Remember, love thy neighbor as thyself. Remember, pray for your enemies in the previously mentioned 10th commandment, thou shalt not covet. After all, if we are made in God's image, we are worthy of respect, dignity, and love, even if your last name is Trump. Instead of carrying hate in your heart, we should be praying for those in which our hate is directed. Seems like a healthier option, don't you think? Peter Schweitzer wrote a book a few years ago. The title and subtitle summarize this episode nicely. It was called Makers and Takers, Why Conservatives Work Harder, Feel Happier, Have Closer Families, Take Fewer Drugs, Give More Generously, Value Honesty More, Are Less Materialistic and Envious, Wine Less, and Even Hug Their Children More Than Liberals. If you are a conservative person, hopefully this episode sheds some light on why some of your liberal-leaning friends are the way they are. And if you're one of those liberal-leaning people, I commend you for listening to this entire episode, and I invite you to consider what's been said here. I wish you nothing but joy and happiness. And that's the truth about liberals, atheists, and happiness. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Podcast.